Chapter Twenty Nine of Cousin Betty by Honoré de Balzac, translated by James Waring. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Chapter Twenty Nine. The vastness of the sum startled Crevel so greatly that his emotion at seeing this handsome woman in tears at his feet was forgotten. Besides, however angelical and saintly a woman may be when she is crying bitterly her beauty disappears a madame marneffe as has been seen whimpers now and then a tear trickles down her cheek but as to melting into tears and making her eyes and nose red never would she commit such a blunder come child compose yourself deuce take it crevel went on taking madame hulot's hands in his own and patting them why do you apply to me for two hundred thousand francs what do you want with them whom are they for do not said she insist on any explanations give me the money you will save three lives and the honour of our children and do you suppose my good mother that in all paris you will find a man who at a word from a half-crazy woman will go off hic et nunc and bring out of some drawer heaven knows where two hundred thousand francs that have been lying simmering there till she is pleased to scoop them up is that all you know of life and of business my beauty your folks are in a bad way you may send them the last sacraments for no one in paris but her divine highness madame la banque or the great nucingen or some miserable miser who is in love with gold as we other folks are with a woman could produce such a miracle the civil list civil as it may be would beg you to call again to-morrow every one invests his money and turns it over to the best of his powers you are quite mistaken my angel if you suppose that king louis philippe rules us he himself knows better than that he knows as well as we do that supreme above the charter reigns the holy venerated substantial delightful obliging beautiful noble ever youthful and all-powerful five-franc piece but money my beauty insists on interest and is always engaged in seeking it god of the jews thou art supreme says racine the perennial parable of the golden calf you see in the days of moses there was stock-jobbing in the desert we have reverted to biblical traditions the golden calf was the first state ledger he went on you my adeline have not gone beyond the rue plumet the egyptians had lent enormous sums to the hebrews and what they ran after was not god's people but their capital he looked at the baroness with an expression which said how clever i am you know nothing of the devotion of every city man to his sacred hoard he went on after a pause excuse me listen to me get this well into your head you want two hundred thousand francs no one can produce the sum without selling some security now consider to have two hundred thousand francs in hard cash it would be needful to sell about seven hundred thousand francs worth of stock at three per cent well and then you would only get the money on the third day that is the quickest way to persuade a man to part with a fortune for two hundred thousand francs is the whole fortune of many a man he ought at least to know where it is all going to and for what purpose 
it is going my dear kind crevel to save the lives of two men one of whom will die of grief and the other will kill himself and to save me too from going mad am i not a little mad already not so mad said he taking madame hulot round the knees old crevel has his price since you thought of applying to him my angel they submit to have a man's arms round their knees it would seem thought the saintly woman covering her face with her hands once you offered me a fortune said she turning red ay mother but that was three years ago replied crevel well you are handsomer now than ever i saw you he went on taking the baroness's arm and pressing it to his heart you have a good memory my dear by jove and now you see how wrong you were to be so prudish for those three hundred thousand francs that you refused so magnanimously are in another woman's pocket i loved you then i love you still but just look back these three years when i said to you you shall be mine what object had i in view i meant to be revenged on that rascal hulot but your husband my beauty found himself a mistress a jewel of a woman a pearl a cunning hussy then aged three-and-twenty for she is six-and-twenty now it struck me as more amusing more complete more louis the fifteenth more marechal de richelieu more first-class altogether to filch away that charmer who in point of fact never cared for hulot and who for these three years has been madly in love with your humble servant as he spoke crevel from whose hands the baroness had released her own had resumed his favourite attitude both thumbs were stuck into his armholes and he was patting his ribs with his fingers like two flapping wings fancying that he was thus making himself very attractive and charming it was as much as to say and this is the man you would have nothing to say to there you are my dear i had my revenge and your husband knows it i proved to him clearly that he was basketed just where he was before as we say madame marneffe is my mistress and when her precious marneffe kicks the bucket she will be my wife madame hulot stared at crevel with a fixed and almost dazed look hector knew it she said and went back to her replied crevel and i allowed it because valerie wished to be the wife of a head clerk but she promised me that she would manage things so that our baron should be so effectually bowled over that he can never interfere any more and my little duchess for that woman is a born duchess on my soul kept her word she restores you your hector madame virtuous in perpetuity as she says she is so witty he has had a good lesson i can tell you the baron has had some hard knocks he will help no more actresses or fine ladies he is radically cured cleaned out like a beer-glass if you had listened to crevel in the first instance instead of scorning him and turning him out of the house you might have had four hundred thousand francs for my revenge has cost me all of that but i shall get my change back i hope when marneffe dies i have invested in a wife you see that is the secret of my extravagance i have solved the problem of playing the lord 
on easy terms would you give your daughter such a mother-in-law cried madame hulot you do not know valerie madame replied crevel gravely striking the attitude of his first manner she is a woman with good blood in her veins a lady and a woman who enjoys the highest consideration why only yesterday the vicar of the parish was dining with her she is pious and we have presented a splendid monstrance to the church oh she is clever she is witty she is delightful well informed she has everything in her favour for my part my dear adeline i owe everything to that charming woman she has opened my mind polished my speech as you may have noticed she corrects my impetuosity and gives me words and ideas i never say anything now that i ought not i have greatly improved you must have noticed it and then she has encouraged my ambition i shall be a deputy and i shall make no blunders for i shall consult my egeria every great politician from numa to our present prime minister has had his sibyl of the fountain a score of deputies visit valerie she is acquiring considerable influence and now that she is about to be established in a charming house with a carriage she will be one of the occult rulers of paris a fine locomotive that is what such a woman is oh i have blessed you many a time for your stern virtue it is enough to make one doubt the goodness of god cried adeline whose indignation had dried her tears but no divine justice must be hanging over her head you know nothing of the world my beauty said the great politician deeply offended the world my adeline loves success say now has it come to seek out your sublime virtue priced at two hundred thousand francs the words made madame hulot shudder the nervous trembling attacked her once more she saw that the ex-perfumer was taking a mean revenge on her as he had on hulot she felt sick with disgust and a spasm rose to her throat hindering speech money she said at last always money you touched me deeply said crevel reminded by these words of the woman's humiliation when i beheld you there weeping at my feet you perhaps will not believe me but if i had my pocket-book about me it would have been yours come do you really want such a sum as she heard this question big with two hundred thousand francs adeline forgot the odious insults heaped on her by this cheap-jack fine gentleman before the tempting picture of success described by machiavelli crevel who only wanted to find out her secrets and laugh over them with valerie oh i will do anything everything cried the unhappy woman monsieur i will sell myself i will be a valerie if i must you will find that difficult replied crevel valerie is a masterpiece in her way my good mother twenty-five years of virtue are always repellent like a badly treated disease and your virtue has grown very mouldy my dear child but you shall see how much i love you i will manage to get you your two hundred thousand francs 
adeline incapable of uttering a word seized his hand and laid it on her heart a tear of joy trembled in her eyes oh don't be in a hurry there will be some hard pulling i am a jolly good fellow a good soul with no prejudices and i will put things plainly to you you want to do as valerie does very good but that is not all you must have a gull a stockholder an hulot well i know a retired tradesman in fact a hosier he is heavy dull has not an idea i am licking him into shape but i don't know when he will do me credit my man is a deputy stupid and conceited the tyranny of a turbaned wife in the depths of the country has preserved him in a state of utter virginity as to the luxury and pleasures of paris life but beauvisage his name is beauvisage is a millionaire and like me my dear three years ago he will give a hundred thousand crowns to be the lover of a real lady yes you see he went on misunderstanding a gesture on adeline's part he is jealous of me you understand jealous of my happiness with madame marneffe and he is a fellow quite capable of selling an estate to purchase a enough monsieur crevel said madame hulot no longer controlling her disgust and showing all her shame in her face i am punished beyond my deserts my conscience so sternly repressed by the iron hand of necessity tells me at this final insult that such sacrifices are impossible my pride is gone i do not say now as i did the first time go after receiving this mortal thrust i have lost the right to do so i have flung myself before you like a prostitute yes she went on in reply to a negative on crevel's part i have fouled my life till now so pure by a degrading thought and i am inexcusable i know it i deserve every insult you can offer me god's will be done if indeed he desires the death of two creatures worthy to appear before him they must die i shall mourn them and pray for them if it is his will that my family should be humbled to the dust we must bow to his avenging sword nay and kiss it since we are christians i know how to expiate this disgrace which will be the torment of all my remaining days i who speak to you monsieur am not madame hulot but a wretched humble sinner a christian whose heart henceforth will know but one feeling and that is repentance all my time given up to prayer and charity with such a sin on my soul i am the last of women the first only of penitence you have been the means of bringing me to a right mind i can hear the voice of god speaking within me and i can thank you she was shaking with the nervous trembling which from that hour never left her her low sweet tones were quite unlike the fevered accents of the woman who was ready for dishonor to save her family the blood faded from her cheeks her face was colorless and her eyes were dry and i played my part very badly did i not she went on looking at crevel with the sweetness that martyrs must have shown in their eyes as they looked up at the proconsul true love the sacred love of a devoted woman gives other pleasures no doubt than those that are bought in the open market but why so many words 
said she suddenly bethinking herself and advancing a step further in the way to perfection they sound like irony but i am not ironical forgive me besides monsieur i did not want to hurt any one but myself the dignity of virtue and its holy flame had expelled the transient impurity of the woman who splendid in her own peculiar beauty looked taller in crevel's eyes adeline had at this moment the majesty of the figures of religion clinging to the cross as painted by the old venetians but she expressed too the immensity of her love and the grandeur of the catholic church to which she flew like a wounded dove crevel was dazzled astounded madame i am your slave without conditions said he in an inspiration of generosity we will look into this matter and whatever you want the impossible even i will do i will pledge my securities at the bank and in two hours you shall have the money good god a miracle said poor adeline falling on her knees she prayed to heaven with such fervor as touched crevel deeply madame hulot saw that he had tears in his eyes when having ended her prayer she rose to her feet be a friend to me monsieur said she your heart is better than your words and conduct god gave you your soul your passions and the world have given you your ideas oh i will love you truly she exclaimed with an angelic tenderness in strange contrast with her attempts at coquettish trickery but cease to tremble so said crevel am i trembling said the baroness unconscious of the infirmity that had so suddenly come upon her yes why look said crevel taking adeline by the arm and showing her that she was shaking with nervousness come madame he added respectfully compose yourself i am going to the bank at once and come back quickly remember she added betraying all her secrets that the first point is to prevent the suicide of our poor uncle fisher involved by my husband for i trust you now and i am telling you everything oh if we should not be on time i know my brother-in-law the marshal and he has such a delicate soul that he would die of it in a few days i am off then said crevel kissing the baroness's hand but what has that unhappy hulot done he has swindled the government good heavens i fly madame i understand i admire you crevel bent one knee kissed madame hulot's skirt and vanished saying you will see me soon unluckily on his way from the rue plumet to his own house to fetch the securities crevel went along the rue vanneau and he could not resist going in to see his little duchess his face still bore an agitated expression he went straight into valerie's room who was having her hair dressed she looked at crevel in her glass and like every woman of that sort was annoyed before she knew anything about it to see that he was moved by some strong feeling of which she was not the cause what is the matter my dear said she is that a face to bring into your little duchess i will not be your duchess any more monsieur no more than i will be your little duck you old monster 
crevel replied by a melancholy smile and a glance at the maid friend child that will do for to-day i can finish my hair myself give me my chinese wrapper my gentleman seems to me out of sorts Wren, whose face was pitted like a colander and who seemed to have been made on purpose to wait on valerie smiled meaningly in reply and brought the dressing-gown valerie took off her combing wrapper she was in her shift and she wriggled into the dressing-gown like a snake into a clump of grass madame is not at home what a question said valerie come tell me my big puss have rive gauche gone down no they have raised the price of the house no you fancy that you are not the father of our little crevel what nonsense replied he sure of his paternity on my honor i give it up said madame marneffe if i am expected to extract my friend's woes as you pull the cork out of a bottle of bordeaux i let it alone go away you bore me it is nothing said crevel i must find two hundred thousand francs in two hours oh you can easily get them i have not spent the fifty thousand francs we got out of hulot for that report and i can ask henri for fifty thousand henri it is always henri exclaimed crevel and do you suppose you great baby of a machiavelli that i will cast off henri would france disarm her fleet henri why he is a dagger in a sheath hanging on a nail that boy serves as a weather-glass to show me if you love me and you don't love me this morning i don't love you valerie cried crevel i love you as much as a million that is not nearly enough cried she jumping on to crevel's knee and throwing both arms round his neck as if it were a peg to hang on by i want to be loved as much as ten millions as much as all the gold in the world and more to that henri would never wait a minute before telling me all he had on his mind what is it my great pet have it out make a clean breast of it to your own little duck and she swept her hair over crevel's face while she jestingly pulled his nose can a man with a nose like that she went on have any secrets from his vava lele riri and at the vava she tweaked his nose to the right at lele it went to the left at riri she nipped it straight again well i have just seen crevel stopped and looked at madame marneffe valerie my treasure promise me on your honour ours you know not to repeat a single word of what i tell you of course mayor we know all about that one hand up so and one foot so and she put herself in an attitude which to use rabelais's phrase stripped crevel bare from his brain to his heels so quaint and delicious was the nudity revealed through the light film of lawn i have just seen virtue in despair can despair possess virtue said she nodding gravely and crossing her arms like napoleon it is poor madame hulot she wants two hundred thousand francs or else marshal hulot and old johann fischer will blow their brains out and as you my little duchess are partly at the bottom of the mischief i am going to patch matters up she is a saintly creature i know her well she will repay you every penny 
and the name of hulot at the words two hundred thousand francs a gleam from valerie's eyes flashed from between her long eyelids like the flame of a cannon through the smoke what did the old thing do to move you to compassion did she show you what her her religion do not make game of her sweetheart she is a very saintly a very noble and pious woman worthy of all respect am i not worthy of respect then eh answered valerie with a threatening gaze at crevel i never said so replied he understanding that the praise of virtue might not be gratifying to madame marneffe i am pious too valerie went on taking her seat in an armchair but i do not make a trade of my religion i go to church in secret she sat in silence and paid no further heed to crevel he extremely ill at ease came to stand in front of the chair into which valerie had thrown herself and saw her lost in the reflections he had been so foolish as to suggest valerie my little angel utter silence a highly problematical tear was furtively dashed away one word my little duck monsieur what are you thinking of my darling oh monsieur crevel i was thinking of the day of my first communion how pretty i was how pure how saintly immaculate oh if any one had come to my mother and said your daughter will be a hussy and unfaithful to her husband one day a police officer will find her in a disreputable house she will sell herself to a crevel to cheat an hulot to horrible old men poof horrible she would have died before the end of the sentence she was so fond of me poor dear nay be calm you cannot think how well a woman must love a man before she can silence the remorse that gnaws at the heart of an adulterous wife i am quite sorry that Wren is not here she would have told you that she found me this morning praying with tears in my eyes i monsieur crevel for my part do not make a mockery of religion have you ever heard me say a word i ought not on such a subject crevel shook his head in negation i will never allow it to be mentioned in my presence i can make fun of anything under the sun kings politics finance everything that is sacred in the eyes of the world judges matrimony and love old men and maidens but the church and god there i draw the line i know i am wicked i am sacrificing my future life to you and you have no conception of the immensity of my love crevel clasped his hands no unless you could see into my heart and fathom the depth of my conviction so as to know the extent of my sacrifice i feel in me the making of a magdalen and see how respectfully i treat the priests think of the gifts i make to the church my mother brought me up in the catholic faith and i know what is meant by god it is to sinners like us that his voice is most awful valerie wiped away two tears that trickled down her cheeks crevel was in dismay madame marneffe stood up in her excitement be calm my darling you alarm me madame marneffe fell on her knees 
dear heaven i am not bad all through she cried clasping her hands vouchsafe to rescue thy wandering lamb strike her crush her snatch her from foul and adulterous hands and how gladly she will nestle on thy shoulder how willingly she will return to the fold she got up and looked at crevel her colourless eyes frightened him yes crevel and do you know i too am frightened sometimes the justice of god is exerted in this nether world as well as in the next what mercy can i expect at god's hands his vengeance overtakes the guilty in many ways it assumes every aspect of disaster that is what my mother told me on her deathbed speaking of her own old age but if i should lose you she added hugging crevel with a sort of savage frenzy oh i should die madame marneffe released crevel knelt down again at the armchair folded her hands and in what a bewitching attitude and with incredible fervour poured out the following prayer and thou saint valerie my patron saint why dost thou so rarely visit the pillow of her who was entrusted to thy care oh come this evening as thou didst this morning to inspire me with holy thoughts and i will quit the path of sin like the magdalen i will give up deluding joys and the false glitter of the world even the man i love so well my precious duck no more of the precious duck monsieur said she turning round like a virtuous wife her eyes full of tears but dignified cold and indifferent leave me she went on pushing him from her what is my duty to belong wholly to my husband he is a dying man and what am i doing deceiving him on the edge of the grave he believes your child to be his i will tell him the truth and begin by securing his pardon before i ask for god's we must part good-bye monsieur crevel and she stood up to offer him an icy cold hand good-bye my friend we shall meet no more till we meet in a better world you have to thank me for some enjoyment criminal indeed now i want oh yes i shall have your esteem crevel was weeping bitter tears you great pumpkin she exclaimed with an infernal peal of laughter that is how your pious women go about it to drag from you a plum of two hundred thousand francs and you who talk of the marechal de richelieu the prototype of loveless you could be taken in by such a stale trick as that i could get hundreds of thousands of francs out of you any day if i chose you old ninny keep your money if you have more than you know what to do with it is mine if you give two sous to that respectable woman who is pious forsooth because she is fifty-six years of age we shall never meet again and you may take her for your mistress you could come back to me next day bruised all over from her bony caresses and sodden with her tears and sick of her little barmaid's caps and her whimpering which must turn her favours into showers in point of fact said crevel two hundred thousand francs is a round sum of money they have fine appetites have the goody sort by the poker 
they sell their sermons dearer than we sell the rarest and realest thing on earth pleasure and they can spin a yarn there i know them i have seen plenty in my mother's house they think everything is allowable for the church and for really my dear love you ought to be ashamed of yourself for you are not so open-handed you have not given me two hundred thousand francs all told oh yes said crevel your little house will cost as much as that then you have four hundred thousand francs said she thoughtfully no then sir you meant to lend that old horror the two hundred thousand francs due for my hotel what a crime what high treason only listen to me if you were giving the money to some idiotic philanthropic scheme you would be regarded as a coming man she went on with increasing eagerness and i should be the first to advise it for you are too simple to write a big political book that might make you famous as for style you have not enough to butter a pamphlet but you might do as other men do who are in your predicament and who get a halo of glory about their name by putting it at the top of some social or moral or general or national enterprise benevolence is out of date quite vulgar providing for old offenders and making them more comfortable than the poor devils who are honest is played out what i should like to see is some invention of your own with an endowment of two hundred thousand francs something difficult and really useful then you would be talked about as a man of mark a montillon and i should be very proud of you but as to throwing two hundred thousand francs into a holy water shell or lending them to a bigot cast off by her husband and who knows why there is always some reason does any one cast me off i ask you is a piece of idiocy which in our days could only come into the head of a retired perfumer it reeks of the counter you would not dare look at yourself in the glass two days after go and pay the money in where it will be safe run fly i will not admit you again without the receipt in your hand go as fast and soon as you can she pushed crevel out of the room by the shoulders seeing avarice blossoming in his face once more when she heard the outer door shut she exclaimed then lisbeth is revenged over and over again what a pity that she is at her old marshal's now we would have had a good laugh so that old woman wants to take the bread out of my mouth i will startle her a little End of chapter 29